season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast today we have Florida native Canes alumni and outfielder in the Boston Red Sox organization we got Roman Anthony on the JKR podcast for the Canes baseball series Roman super pumped to get you on the show man how are you doing today great pumped to be here thanks for having me awesome yeah I appreciate you coming on the show you know like I said pumped to have you I know you I know you're about to be assigned to a certain team about start that 2023 regular season but before we dig into you know your baseball career I got one question I'd like to ask everybody to start off the Jake here podcast and that is for those who don't know you how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Roman Anthony yeah, so uh, my name is Roman Anthony, uh, outfielder in the Boston Red Sox organization. I am 18 years old, um, born and raised in South Florida. I've uh, been playing baseball really as long as I can walk. Um, you know, was a member of the Canes. Uh, did all the did all the summer summer ball circuits. Um, you know, just like I said, I've been playing baseball as long as I can remember and. Uh, you know, hope to continue that for as long as I can. Okay. So before being drafted by the Boston Red Sox, you know, last year in that 2022 MLB draft, and like you said, played for the Canes, also committed to Ole Miss there for a while. First off, let's give some the Canes a little bit of love. Kind of take us through that experience and how you kind of got connected with that program. Yeah, so I was uh, about a four-year Canes guy, so I played, I played with them, you know, pretty much – since the start of, you know, the, the whole summer ball circuit. Um, so I got nothing but love for those guys. Um, you know, world-class organization. Um, you know, I, I got in contact with them through, uh, through a, a guy that I used to hit with when I was younger. Um, he think he had, his son had played and had reached out and, you know, I went and uh, I went and played for them you know, for a tournament, I think it was, and then, uh, just stuck with it. Um, stuck with it after that and, uh, ended up playing with them for four summers. Okay. So being a, being a four-year Canes guy, you know, what were some of those relationships that you were able to build, you know, with that coaching staff, you know, Petty gets and some of those other guys and even some of those guys in your class that you were actually, you know, playing ball with. Yeah, they were amazing. Uh, um, you know, being that the team was kind of from everywhere, uh, all four years, it was uh, it was great. It's a great experience. You get to meet guys from all around that you wouldn't meet, you know, on your normal your normal team in your area. Um, so I've made great relationships with guys that you know are from all the way to the other side of the country um, that I still talk to every day. So that's that's something you uh, you know you cherish, and that's something that you're you're super thankful for because you know you you become so close with people that you never thought you would even you know meet. And then on the coaching side of things, it's the same sort of deal. Um, you know, every coach that I had since I was 14 with the Canes has been nothing but awesome to me. Um, like I said, world-class organization, great people. Um, so there was never, you know, there was never anyone I coach, player, whatever it was that I ran into with that organization where I just didn't like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And not to mention, you know, we were always – 
very competitive and it was a lot of fun, um, you know, constantly being able to win and play with such a great group of guys and great group of coaches. So as you look back on it, I believe your guys' class one was at like three WWBA. So, you know, like you said, you know, lots of winning, you know, always being pretty competitive. But looking back on it, you know, what are some of those just favorite memories that come to mind? You know, whether that's on the field, winning some championships, maybe off the field, hanging out with some teammates. What are some of those just memories that come to mind when you think about Canes baseball? Yeah, you know, winning is obviously, you know, one of them and winning's great. But I think the thing that I take away from it, like I was just saying, is um you know just the relationships I've built between you know the the players and the coaches and you know I've got a lot of people that are you know super close with still that you know are from long ways away might be playing college ball right now you know wherever they are you know I still communicate with a lot of the guys um still keep in touch and uh I think just the the uh, relationships you build you know being on and off the field you know at dinners you know going to eat being hotel being in hotel rooms. Um I think you make more memories there than you do really on the field. You know, winning part of it's great. And that's obviously not really, I think just, you know, meeting the different guys and connecting with them and staying in touch with them throughout the year, even when, you know, we're not playing together. I think that's even greater. So, you know, before, while you're playing for the Canes, you know, before you were drafted last year in the, in the, in the MLB draft, you know, you were an Ole Miss, <clears throat> Ole Miss signee. Kind of take us through that recruiting process, you know, how that got started and when exactly that was that Division One teams kind of started reaching out to you. Yeah, um, for me, it was right around my freshman going into my sophomore year of high school was when, uh, you know, it started to ramp up, I would say, right around my freshman year. And... Uh, you know, I really never had a a dream school in mind. Um, I just, when I when it started, I wanted to take my time with it, you know, see as many schools as I can and, you know, build as many relationships as I can and not rush it. Um, so I took my time with it. And, uh, you know, that, that just happened to be the school that I, you know, thought fit me the best between the, uh, the school itself, the coaches, um, just everything that went into it, it was, you know, it was where I wanted to be if I wasn't here right now. Um, and so I just, I took my time with it as much as I could. Uh, like I said, took my visits, talked to as many schools as I can. And then uh, when it came down to it, that was, that was the place for me. Okay. So, you know, with you not having a dream school, and like you said, you took your time with that recruiting process, as you were talking to all these different schools, you know, what were some of those key things that you were looking for within a coaching staff, within a program, and just, you know, just a college in general? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, being open-minded was huge because, you know, being from Florida, um, you know, you might say, you know, who wants to go to Mississippi? But like I said, just keeping an open mind, um, building a great relationship, and then you know, seeing a school itself in person, um, just the atmosphere that place brings. Um, it's SEC baseball. So, you know, you can't really can't really beat SEC baseball, um, which, you know, I wanted to play in the SEC. I think that had, you know, something to do with it. Uh, I wanted to play the best baseball I could play. And, uh, you know, that that happens to be uh, a great a great place to play, great atmosphere, great coaching staff, uh, a great history of, of baseball and, and of winning um so for me that was just that was the spot yeah so as that decision making process you know kind of you know it came closer and closer to coming to an end you know do you remember that day where it hits you you know okay I think Ole Miss is the place for me to go play collegiate baseball if I get that opportunity 
Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually there. Um, you know, like I said, I took my time with it and it was one of the last schools I visited because we took a little trip, you know, through Florida and visited a couple different schools. And that happened to be the last place um, we stopped at being that it was in Mississippi. So it was, uh, we took a little trip. It was a great trip. Um, and then the day I had gone around and checked out the place after, you know, building such a great relationship. I just, they say, you know, you know what it, it feels right. And it felt right. And that felt like home for me. Um, so that's why I chose Ole Miss. So being an Ole Miss signing, you know, last spring, going through, you know, that potential, probably talking to a bunch of scouts last offseason, take us through, you know, last winter, last spring, talking to some of those scouts and just what that was like, you know, playing in front of all those guys. Yeah, it was super exciting. Um, you know, whenever you get to play in front of, you know, a lot of people, it's it's a lot of fun. At least I think so. I've always enjoyed, you know, playing in front of a, a crowd, whether that's, you know, kids at the school, scouts, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, once I, once, once it's, you know, time to play, I was never really looking at anything outside the lines. I was never, you know, trying to do too much for whoever was there. Um, I just... You know, every year I try to enjoy my year as much as I could with my friends and uh, just win. And, you know, I didn't really look, you know, outside of that. Okay. So, you know, being a top prospect in that 2022 MLB draft, when did that whole process get rolling for you when it came to, you know, maybe some in-home meetings, building those relationships with those scouts? When did that whole process kind of get rolling? Yeah, so they were, uh, they were around, obviously, in the summer and then – I would say towards the fall, uh, when the summer was over, as it kind of went to the fall, and got my senior year going. Um, when the fall was when I really ramped up, and you know, I met with, with teams, and uh, that's when I, you know, got a pretty good taste of it uh, at first, and then obviously it, it ramps up more as you go on. But it really first started in the fall. Okay. So as you're going through, you know, building those relationships with those scouts, you know, having those in-home meetings, take us through what one of those in-home meetings kind of looks like in just terms of, you know, what are scouts maybe asking you, maybe some key things that they're looking for, you know, from your eyes that they're kind of looking for within you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for them, it's just trying to get a good idea of, you know, who the kid is and, you know, the family and, uh, you know, all, all the things you want to know about somebody that, you know, you might invest in. Um, so I think on their end, it's, it's about, okay, I've seen this kid on the field. Now let me go you know, take a home visit and, you know, meet his family and introduce myself and build the relationship, you know, just in case they do end up, you know, investing into that kid later on. Uh, I think that that time is when they really, you know, get the relationship started. So you, know, you mentioned last spring, you know, it was kind of fun going through that process, having scouts there didn't really bother you because when you're in between those lines, you don't really focus on anything else. When did that whole mindset kind of develop for you? Was that, you know, early in your career playing for a top tier program like the Canes? When exactly did that kind of develop where you kind of didn't worry about who exactly was in the stands? Yeah, going back to playing for the Canes, you know, it's awesome playing for an organization like that because you always have eyes, whether it was called college scouts, pro scouts, whatever it was, um, you know, with an organization like that, there's always somebody, somebody wants to watch. Right. And so uh, I think that was super helpful. Um, just, you know, going into uh, my junior year, my senior year, uh, just having an experience of always playing in front of eyes, 
and being comfortable with it was huge just because like I said, you know, you don't really want to get caught up too much of what's going on outside the lines. Um, and I think the Canes played a big part into that because, you know, ever since I was 14, 13, 14 years old, there had been a lot of eyes, um, not just on myself, obviously, but on the whole team. And uh, it definitely helps getting some experience with that. And, uh, you know, dipping your toes in the water at 13, 14 years old, because it's not as serious then, but um, all the experience you get is definitely super helpful. Okay. So as your senior spring last year at Stoneman Douglas, you know, kind of, you know, comes to an end, you have that maybe a little bit of a dead period in between your senior year and the MLB draft there in July, you know, what kind of went on there those weeks leading up to the MLB draft? Yeah. You know, just same, same thing. I wasn't, you know, really drowning myself in it. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't really taken up, you know, taking anything out of me. I was just trying to enjoy my, my time at home. Um, with my family, uh, with my friends, with my teammates, even when the season was over. Um, you know, just knowing that regardless, I would uh, be heading out soon, whether it was to play college or pro ball. And, you know, I wasn't really leaning heavily towards one side. Just, you know, we had a plan. My family and I had a plan um, with my agents. And, you know, we had a, a certain agreement on what was right for us and what wasn't right and either way you know I was going to play for a great a great program in the SEC or I was going to go play pro baseball too so for me in the end of the day it was it was a win-win and I didn't want to get you know too worried about it because you know I got to play baseball in the end of the day at the next level whether that had been college or uh or pro ball like I said so for me I was just trying to enjoy my time as much as I can with my family and just see how it all unfolds Okay, so July hits, you know, the MLB drafts, you know, coming right right there. Take us through that whole week leading up to that draft, maybe where your mindset is at. You've talked about it here a little bit the past couple questions, but take us through the MLB draft week and what that experience was like. Yeah, you know, um, I just, uh, I'll probably go through the, you know, the day of it because leading up to it again, I was just, they were normal days for me. And even even draft day, you know, it was a normal day. Um went, you know, lifted, hit, did all the things I do on a normal day. Um, and then when it came time, you know, obviously that was, you know, I just, that was time to, to settle down. And I was just, you know, with my family, um, didn't really do a huge draft party. Didn't, didn't want to have a million people over. So I just, I spent the day with my family. Um, you know, I think I had my, my uncle was there and, uh, my grandparents might've been there. Um, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something where I was going to have a huge party and it was just a normal day for me. So I was just trying to enjoy it with my family. And then, um, you know, as it got later through the night, you know, took some phone calls and, um, ended up, you know, getting, getting what was right for us. So it was, it was a success in the end of the night, which was awesome. So it was just great to spend it with my family and, you know, with the people that have been there, you know, for, uh, so let's let's hear that exact let's hear that draft story a little bit. You know, you get that call maybe from your agent or maybe from the Boston Red Sox. You're going to be a Red Sox. I'm sure you found out maybe a couple picks ahead of time or somewhere like that. What did that kind of look like? We got the call, and um, um, you know, it's an amazing organization. Um, you know, it was just everything was right. You know, it was perfect. We built such a great relationship with them, and uh, you know, when we got that call, it was like, all right, you know, it was like a breath of a breath of relief because. 
you know, we knew we were going to be with such a great organization with a winning history and just a great group of people. Um, and, you know, such a great organization for player development. And uh, so we were super excited about that. Um, and, you know, I'm sure my parents were excited that the spring trainings in Florida, being that I'm from Florida. So everything worked out. Um, you know, they say everything happens for a reason. So uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome night. Yeah, I'm sure. So I saw those pictures of you hit, hitting some BP there at Fenway those days after the draft. You know, how long was it until you were, you know, signing that contract in Boston, taking some BP at Fenway and heading down to Florida? What did those next couple of weeks look like, you know, as you got your pro career started? Yeah, it was it was quicker than I thought, for sure. Um, you know, it was a really quick turnaround. We uh, we had gotten drafted and then um, I want to say like we were we were on a flight to Boston, probably a week, a couple weeks after. Um, but it was really cool. You know, it was awesome hearing that, you know, you get to go to Fenway. And I originally didn't know that I would be hitting. Uh, I just, you know, they had us go there for physicals and whatnot. And so, but either way, I was super pumped up because I had never been to Fenway. I'd never seen a game at Fenway Park. And, you know, it's something everyone should should experience because it was, it was awesome. Uh, and then hearing that I was going to be able to hit BP, uh, it was amazing. It was it was a blast. It gives you a little bit of like a, a taste of it. And it's super motivating because, you know, you get a taste of it and then you get sent to rookie ball and that's where it starts. So it's just, you know, being able to be there and experience it and stand on the field and watch these guys take BP and then watch a game and kind of go through a day in life. It was uh, it was super motivating, you know, sure. getting, getting a taste of it. It was awesome. But just meeting everyone and seeing Boston and seeing the passion they have for, for, you know, these, these guys and day in and day out. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. And it, when you went to Fenway, it was a group of three of you, wasn't it? Was it like Mikey Romero, you and somebody else? Yes, it was. It was okay. three of us. I, I, that was actually, that was actually my first day ever in Boston. I was taking, obviously a big baseball guy, never been to Fenway was taking a tour. And I saw these three guys walking, like walking in the stands, walking out to the field and I'm like, I'm looking up. I'm like, okay, I, it's Mikey Romero. And I was looking at who, like, some of the other picks the Red Sox had. And I was like, I think that's Roman Anthony. Like, I was just looking through. And then it was crazy when Jarrett kind of sent me who these Canes players was. He's going to connect me with. Your name was on it. I was like, you know, that, that's kind of crazy. Um, got the, I guess I kind of saw maybe a round or two of your BP there your first time at Fenway. Uh, but so after that, you know, you, so when you were at Fenway, did you get the chance to talk to maybe some of those actual Boston Red Sox players currently, or were they on the road at that point? Um, so when I, when I was there, they were, uh, on the field taking BP. So we got to, you know, briefly meet them. It was, um, you know, there wasn't much time before they had a game. So, uh, I don't think they really had time to sit around and, you know, have conversations, but they were all super friendly. Um, the ones that knew, you know, they were super great. They said, congrats. Uh, and, and everyone was just super welcoming. Um, it's, it was an amazing, you know, little trip we had. It was only about two days, but, um, you know, that night itself and and even people in Boston, they know who you are already. So it was, it was super cool to see that, but um, everyone was great. You know, it was, it was such an awesome experience. Yeah. So having those first couple, you know, probably quick conversations with some of those big league Red Sox, you know, maybe what were some ways that maybe some questions you were asking them, maybe a couple of different ways you were picking their brain and just those, you know, first couple, you know, quick conversations you were having with those guys. Yeah, honestly, I think it wasn't, it wasn't 
as much about the conversations I had. And like I said, because I think most of them were pretty brief, but um, one thing I will say is just like being able to see them go about their business in the way that they, you know, handle their day-to-day work and, you know, get out there and be able to constantly get after it for as many games as they play. I think that's again, super motivating um, because, you know, that's everyone's dream is to, is to be out there. But once you actually are out there and you see how hard these guys work and how much they put into it day in and day out, it's like, okay, you know, that's where, that's where I want to be. And that's what I got to do to get there. So I think it was more of like a, you know, they were leading by example. Um, and it's super cool, you know, just to see some of these big stars, um, the way that, you know, the fans are are so, you know, involved in it and, you know, how much the city of Boston, you know, loves baseball. It was super, super motivating. So, you know, you guys take that quick trip to Fenway, go down to Florida. What did that look like just in the terms of the day-to-day and just that adjustment that you had to make, you know, to actually playing, being a professional baseball player? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Uh, They were super helpful with it. Um, You know, it wasn't anything too crazy. Um, You know, because again, you know, it's, it's still baseball. It's still a game um, just at a different level. So uh, it takes a little bit of adjusting. Um, Obviously it's a little bit different than high school, Um, you know, playing with sometimes grown men, you know, playing with kids anywhere from the age of 17 to, you know, 40. So it's, it's a, it's a wide variety. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's what you dream of and it's, it's a lot of fun just being, being able to be around guys constantly that want to help you develop and really want to see you thrive every day. Um, so, you know, it's awesome. So being down there in Florida, you know, being a part of that complex league for, I'm sure, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before you actually, you know, got assigned to a certain uh, team in the Red Sox organization. What did that day-to-day look like down there in Florida, just in terms of getting to the ballpark, you know, maybe going through some couple of workouts? What did that day-to-day look like? Yeah, so um, it's it's actually rookie ball is a lot different than what you get to in affiliate because rookie ball is, you know, it's everything's in the morning and it's very early mornings. So, um you know, usually up by five thirty six. Um, you know, breakfast at the the facilities usually around seven. Um, so me personally, I like to get there and you know go through my go through my routine and then be able to have time to eat breakfast and then, you know, it looks like after that you usually go you usually go and do your lift and then after that you're probably going to go you know warm up, either hit or do do some defensive work. And then you play a game around 12 o'clock and your day is usually done by, you know, three-ish. So uh, unlike when you're at an affiliate and, you know, you don't even get to the ballpark until around that time and then you play a night game. Uh, so it would, it's it's kind of polar opposites. Um, and, and, you know, they serve you breakfast and lunch when you're down rookie ball. And then when you're at an affiliate, breakfast is kind of on your own and then lunch and dinner is by them. So it's, it's really a polar opposite, but, um, you know, it's, it's the same in the sense that you got to show up every day and, you know, get your lift in, get your work done, um, get all your early work done and your hitting done so that, you know, you're able to, to lock in and, and, you know, continue with that routine every day for over a hundred games. So, so I believe you, you were assigned to Salem to end off that last season, correct? I was, I was. 
So what, on the competition side of things, what did that look like? And just the, the difference between, you know, rookie ball, doing some inter-squad scrimmages, some guys in the complex league. What did, what was that difference in between that and actually, you know, going to Salem and playing low A? Yeah, it's a little bit of adjustment, like I said, because of, you know, your whole day is kind of turned around now. You're, you're switching up everything you've done and you're kind of pushing it off to just later. So um, I think it was just, you know, learning after being there for a couple of weeks, you know, getting up, getting food in you, getting breakfast, not sleeping in too much um, and getting a routine in is, is huge um, because, you know, you can easily, you can easily lose weight and, uh, you know, just say, okay, screw it. I'm going to sleep in until noon. And then, cause I don't have to be there till two and skip a meal. So I think the, the biggest thing I learned, um, you know, was off the field, like, Hey, you got to get up, get breakfast and you get go through your normal routine and then get to the field and get all your work done. Um, but in terms of competition, you know, uh, it wasn't much different to be honest. You have, you know, you have different analytical guys that, that help you out and, and give you certain things on certain guys. So that was super helpful. Um, but you know, it's, it's not much different, you know, like I said, it's still, it's still a game. Uh, you know, you still gotta, still gotta go out there and, and do your, do your thing every day. Um, but to me, it wasn't much different. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun getting to play in front of fans play under the lights. So for me, that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, like I said, in terms of competition, it wasn't like a night and day thing. It was just, you know, I had played so much baseball at that point, going from high school, then to rookie ball. And at that point, it was just like, you know, I kept it rolling. So, yeah. So you talk about those analytical analytical guys that are there, you know, at that actual minor league level for the affiliates. How is that? How are those scouting reports and how is that information, you know, kind of presented to you guys, you know, going into a game, going into, you know, maybe a certain yeah. different pitchers? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, when you have different guys that have different tendencies and, um, that are, you know, throwing all year, you, know, you pick up certain tendencies and certain things on guys and you have, you know, average V lows and just the way that they throw to left-handed and right-handed hitters. So um, it's definitely helpful knowing, you know, going into it, what a guy's tendencies are. So that way, you know, uh, you're, you're prepared going into it. And, you, you know, we know that, you know, once we get to the, uh, to the complex early in the day. So it's, it's really helpful because you can incorporate certain things into your, your your cage work and uh, you know, the way you, you prepare for that game. And it's definitely super helpful going into it because, you know, uh, if you go into it, not knowing what you're getting at all, and then, you know, once you get into the box, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot harder. So uh, it's definitely very helpful knowing and incorporating, you know, different things into your, your cage work, whether it's on the machine or whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's super helpful. So looking back into, you know, that first, you know, half season of pro baseball, just what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind, whether that's, you know, they're at the complex there, you know, they're in Salem, or even some of those relationships that you built. What are some of those memories that come to mind when you think of, you know, that 2022, you know, pro season? Uh, yeah, you know, I think aside from like the obvious getting your first hit, and, you know, your first whatever it is, I think the uh, thing for me, again, was just building relationships with guys from so many different places. Um, you know, you have so many different guys from, you know, different countries and just just being able to get into the clubhouse and meeting all the guys and all the guys being super welcoming. Um, that was awesome. 
you know, in Sam and in rookie ball, I think everyone was super welcoming um, and super, it's super helpful like that because you have guys, you know, that are wanting to help you out and wanting to, you know, bring you around and, and show you how, you know, a day-to-day, you know, it looks like, and it's super helpful that way when you have great guys in, in your organization, because it makes it a lot e- easier on you. Um, you know, when you feel welcome and you feel like, okay, all these guys are, these are great guys. So just building those relationships uh, and, you know, keeping them throughout the off season, texting guys in the off season, seeing how their off season's going, just keep it in touch. Um, that stuff's huge to me. And I think, you know, that's, that to me is, is, you know, greater than probably some of the accomplishments on the field. I think it's just more of like, you know, okay, this is, this is an awesome organization with, you know, great group of guys that are, you know, super open arms. Um, so that was, that was awesome. Okay. So as that season in Salem comes to an end, are you heading down back to that complex to maybe do, take part in some instructional league? Or are you heading back home at that point? So after Salem was done, we, uh, we were scheduled to have instru- uh, instructs and then, um, the hurricane hit in around the Fort Myers area, which, um, they ended up canceling it and, we actually, uh, we actually got sent to the Dominican Republic to the complex out there for the, uh, for our instruction league for a week, which was, uh, which was different, but it was, it was an awesome experience and, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun with it, learned a lot there. So being a part of that instructional league, obviously with it being the DR, I mean, that's sure going to be a lot of differences there, but on the day-to-day part of things, was that very similar to the complex league or did that, was there, you know, maybe a big difference, a big jump there from complex league to the actual instructional league with some of those guys? Yeah, it was similar. You know, you wake up and really just play baseball, but uh, we, at that point we were done with games. So it's just more of getting out there Um you know, seeing how a day-to-day works there um, and, and seeing how, you know, everything goes on over there at the complex. It was, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, just getting to go there and, and kind of live out a week with those guys and live at the complex and do everything that they do for a week. Um, and so it was, it was, it was awesome. It was great getting to go out there. All the guys were super welcoming. And, you know, it was, it was a fun experience. We got to go to a, a winter ball game in the city which was awesome. And then, uh, you know, we got to, we got to go out on, on an Island, like the last day, which is, it was really fun. So it was, it was an awesome experience getting to, you know, go out there and, and, and see how everything works. So as you headed back to Florida, you know, for your first professional off season, what were some of those key things, key focuses that you had within your development that you were trying to, you know, put an emphasis on for your first pro off season? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had, I had met with some of our guys and, um, you know, shared some goals I had and some goals that we thought were necessary for this year um, going into the off season. So I think having a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do and uh, what I needed to do in the off season, it, it helped a lot because, you know, you don't want to go into an off season just with no plan. So I had a, I had a really structured plan going into the off season, which I think was super helpful. Um and I would say, you know, I, I executed that plan as, as best as I could. Um, and it was, uh, it was a great off season. Um, you know, I really got after it and grew and, and learned a lot and took away a lot from it. Um, you know, being that it was my first off season and so, you know, it helps a lot going, going through your first one, you know, so now, you know, 
um, for every offseason to come, you know, what's in store. So as spring trades started to roll around, that offseason kind of came to an end. You were heading from West Palm Beach to that Red Sox complex. <clears throat> when exactly was that? And then for all the stuff that you did develop throughout that offseason, how did you kind of put that into play, you know, as you started going through some live ABs and some actually, you know, maybe some inter-squad scrimmages there during spring training? Yeah, so I headed over in early February. Um, uh, I headed over and, uh, you know, once we got here, um, the first couple of days is usually just tests and different things and seeing how everything went and, and, you know, getting a feel for the body and ramping up. But, uh, I would say, you know, I felt, felt amazing. Um, you know, I, like I said, I felt like I executed every plan I had in the off season, um, with what I needed to do in terms of, you know, my body physically, mentally. Um, so going into, you know, spring training, knowing that and feeling great and feeling like, you know, you you executed a plan in the off season is super helpful um, because, you know, you never want to, never want to waste, you know, or, or not take advantage of, of something with that time you have in the off season to get better at, you know, every aspect of your game. But um, yeah, no, going into spring training, um, being prepared mentally and physically, like I was saying was huge. Um, for spring training, you know, you don't really know what to expect as much. So um you know, it can be a lot coming at you at once, but just, you know, it's been great. Um, like I said, I was super ready for it and uh, it's been nothing but a great learning experience. Yeah. So like you said, first spring training here, you know, for a younger minor league guy, you know, what does that day-to-day -day look like during spring training and maybe some of those biggest surprises that hit you, you know, going through these past two months? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say there's, you know, many surprises. I think it's just... Um, you know, you get there and it's, it's, you know, your same deal, you know, you got to handle, handle your business and handle what you have for the day. Um, so, you know, I get there early, um, got to get there early for breakfast. Um, uh, and then, you know, go through your, go through your routine, whatever it is. And then, you know, you have your lift in the morning. Um, and then from there, it just kind of ramps up more and more into, uh, eventually a game later in the day. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely bit of a longer day but um you know it's awesome here the complex is is uh surrounded with big leaguers and you know people here that have so much experience so um it's an awesome learning experience just getting to be around guys you know ex big league guys guys that are in the big leagues right now um just being around those guys again is it's, it's super motivating and, and getting you know to be around guys that have so much experience and that have so much knowledge about the game constantly that are around you and, and helping you out and trying to develop you. It's, it's awesome. So, you know, being part of such a historic organization like the Boston Red Sox for now, for, you know, nine, 10 months or so taking some BP at Fenway park, going through your first spring training, you know, for you seeing that day to day, what do you think has led to such, you know, great culture within that Red Sox organization? What do you think's kind of led to that? Yeah, I think just uh, the way that they develop players and the way that they go about, you know, winning on and off the field every single day. And, um, you know, that this organization is it's it's awesome, you know, being surrounded by guys with so much experience and so much knowledge every day, I think is why they do, you know, such a great job at developing guys and developing players um, and, and, and winning in the end of the day. Um, but I think it just all respect to how how well they develop players just from the the time I've been here you know seeing how how much I've learned um 
from everyone um, on and off the field. I think that's why they have so much success. So with spring training, you know, coming down to an end, like you said, you you know where you're going to be assigned to tomorrow. You know, what are some of those goals as you head into your first, you know, full pro first pro regular season? What are some of those goals you have set forth for this upcoming 2023 season? Yeah, I think it's just uh, to stay, you know, to stay level um, through the ups and downs every day. Um, you know, not going to have, you know, not going to have success every day, but you know, you, you got to believe you are. And I, I truly believe I will. Um, but just knowing that, you know, when you fail, um, that you're going to fail a lot in this game, especially now, you know, and it's, it's tough at first to accept that coming from high school and, and travel ball, you know, it's, it's a different type of, of failing. Um, but just knowing that and accepting that and, and staying level every day, not getting too high, not getting too low and not having too many expectations for myself, just going out there and playing and have fun and, and, you know, give my best every single day and then, you know, let the, let the rest work itself out. Okay. All right. I got my last baseball segment here for you. Let's, let's dig into, you know, actually on the field play, starting off with hitting, kind of take us through that hitting approach. You know, what's going through your mind as you're walking up to that batter's box, what are you trying to do with each at bat? Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to give too much away here in case there's any, any pitchers, any pitchers watching, but um for the most part, you know, I just uh, I'm trying to go up there and, and find a barrel, regardless of the pitch. Um, you know, I try to, uh, like I said earlier, I try to uh, get as much as I can on, on the guy that I'm facing, so I know, you know, and have a plan going into it. Um, but it's pretty simple, you know. I'm not trying to overthink. I'm not really trying to think at all when I'm in the box. Um, so just you know, seeing his tendencies when I'm on deck or when I'm in the dugout. Um, and, and preparing myself before the game more so than, um, you know, it's, it slows the game down. So for me, it's, I'm trying to get as much as I can on this guy, you know, the night before when I know who I'm facing um, and, you know, work, you know, his tendencies into my routine um, before the game and, you know, know what I have on a guy and take that into the at-bat. And then once, you know, once it's time to go, you know, I've taken enough reps and practiced enough, you know, before the game that I should be ready to go. So it's pretty simple. You know, I'm just trying to go out there and find a barrel. Okay. So you are one of those guys that, you know, is a righty thrower, hits lefty. When did that whole left-handed hitting, right-handed, right-handed thrower, you know, when did that kind of come into play? Was it something that you worked on as a young kid? How did that all, all come about? Yeah, no, it wasn't something I worked on. It was just always something that was supernatural. Like I've always picked up a, I've picked up a bat, you know, left-handed. I've always done everything else right-handed. Um, you know, like I golf right-handed, I do everything right-handed except for hit. So for me, it's always just been natural. Like ever since I was young, I, I picked up a bat lefty and I always did everything else, you know, writing, throwing everything righty. So. Okay. So for you on the, on the mechanic side of thing, kind of take us through, you know, from that load up through that follow through what those mechanics kind of look like in your swing and how you've developed those, you know, over time, these past couple of years. Yeah, I think, you know, with me, um, I just try to be simple. Um, I've always just tried to be as simple as I can. Um, you know, I've always had success being simple. Um, and I've never really tried to change much. So for me, it's just super simple. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, just get from point A to point B with my swing. Um, you know, I don't have a big leg kick. Uh, just for me, I'm just trying to get the foot down and, and, you know, get the head out. Uh, and that's always how I've been. So, um, 
you know, especially now as the pitching's gotten better, you know, being in pro ball, you don't really want to, you know, you don't really want to try and overdo anything. You want to just try and be as simple as you can. And um, that's how I've always been high school, whatever it was. Um, I, I, my approach is just pretty easy, pretty simple. Um, and the swing itself, it just, it's, it's pretty simple. Okay. I like to be as smooth as I can and as fast as I can. Yeah. So on, on that defensive side of things, I see that you're listed as an outfielder. Is there a spot out in that outfield that you kind of see yourself maybe sticking at as you move on to the rest of your career or for the most part <clears throat> still on that? Yeah, I think the goal is, is um, you know, obviously to be a center fielder, be as versatile as I can, you know, be as quick as I can. Um, but, you know, um, there's a lot of outfielders and, you know, being able to play each position is huge, I think. Um, and I've, I've, learned to play every single position in the outfield. And I've even here, I've been getting a lot of, you know, reps in every spot, right, left and center. Um, so, you know, whatever, whatever they need me to play, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable playing. So I think that's huge, not just, you know, being heavy on one. Um, so I think for me, just learning to play and learning to take reps, whether it's during BP or whatever it is and, and left, right and center, has been huge just so that, you know, whenever it comes game time and I am in somewhere that, you know, I may not usually be in, you know, that I'm comfortable with it. Okay. So looking at your game's entirety, and I know that this might be a question you're not going to want to give too much away here, maybe keep some of this in-house, but personal scouting report, base running, hitting, fielding, maybe even the way that you interact with some of your teammates. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you'd write up on yourself? Yeah, I think, uh, for me, like I was mentioning earlier, I've always tried to keep a pretty level head, um, you know, not a rah-rah guy on the field, really. Um, you know, I just like to go about my business and uh, take care of it. And, and you know, that's it. I don't really try to do too much. Um, you know, I just try to do my job and try to help my team win. So for me, it's just always been, you know, I feel like in high school, especially, you know, I just tried to lead by example. Um, and, you know, I just, even though I just, I just try to lead by example, um, you know, I'm just, I go out there, like I said, um, and I try to do everything right, but, you know, I don't really do anything too flashy. Uh, but, you know, just, I work on every aspect of the game every single day, you know, I want to be a five tool player and I believe I can be. So, you know, just, just working on, you know, not being too heavy on one thing and just always looking to improve in every aspect, whether it's on the bases, you know, in the batter's box, in the outfield, whatever it is for me, I just try to, you know, improve little by little every single day and learn something every single day about, you know, each aspect of the game. So for me, I think, you know, I just try to do everything right. I try to do all the little things right. Um, and, you know, I just give a huge attention to detail and, you know, I know that I'm not, you know, not always going to be the fastest guy in the field. I'm not always going to be the strongest guy in the field. So just, just knowing that and then knowing to stay within my game and do what I know how to do and not trying to get out of, you know, what got me here and just continue to do everything that, um, and play the game the right way every day. And uh, I think that's, that's really, yeah, that's how I, uh, that's how I look at it. So with you mentioned that goal of, you know, being a five-tool player, with that goal in mind, as you go through, you know, the, your first pro season, maybe these next couple of years, what are some of those key things that you're trying to focus on within your development? Yeah, well, I think without, you know, just saying like, oh, you know, I want to, 
hit well. I think for me, like, you know, I, I want to be a guy that can, you know, even in the big leagues, you know, I want to be a guy that can steal bases, hit home runs, hit for average, win a gold glove. Um, and that all starts with, you know, everything here and everything you're doing now from rookie ball all the way until that time is. Um, so, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, steal as many bags as I can, you know, make as many plays as I can and, and you know, hit like I know how to hit. Um, so for me, you know, it's not really like one goal. It's not like I just want to hit a bunch of home runs or want to do one thing. And for me, I just, like I said, I'm trying to, trying to uh, improve in every aspect of my game every single day. And I'm trying to make a, make a difference on the field and, and in the game, whether that's, you know, with my base running, with, you know, being in the field, being in the batter's box, because, you know, you're not going to have it every day, but, you know, there might be certain times where you have certain opportunities to do something in the outfield or even when you're not hitting or on the bases, you know, when you're not hitting so well or when, you know, something's not going your way, there's always, there's always a time to, uh, you know, to improve on something. So uh, that's the way I try to look at it because, you know, it is, it's a hard game. So um for me, you know, just trying to, like I said, just trying to make a difference, whether that's on the bases, you know, in the batter's box, in the outfield, whatever position I might be playing, or even in the dugout, being a good teammate. Um, you know, for me, you know, that's that's stuff you can always, you know, being a good teammate, you can always control. So, so you know, being a pro ball player, I'm sure when it comes to baseball technology, you have, you know, just a bunch of different just technology. I just let's just say baseball technology at your hands. You know, do you consider yourself more of an old school guy, new school guy when it comes to that? Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think, you know, I don't try to overload with it because, you know, like I said earlier, you you know, when you're when you're hitting or whatever you're doing, you know, you don't want to overcomplicate it because like I said, it's still baseball. Um, you know, it's still a game. It's still the same game you play when you're younger, but um, then again, you know, it is helpful to have info on different guys and different hitters and, you know, different players. So I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't try to drown myself in it, but I think I, you know, take a pretty good understanding of, of who we're facing or what we have, you know, against us. And um, I take away bits and pieces from it and, and add that, you know, to, to improve my game. Um, so, yeah, I think I would consider myself somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, all right. So my, I got my last baseball question here for you. Then we'll dig into a couple, you know, rapid fire questions on the personal side of things. So obviously where you're at right now within your baseball career, I'm sure you've had just, you know, a ton of people who have been influential, but if you could choose, you know, maybe two to three people who have been the most influential, who would those people be? And what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different people I could, I could say, and, you know, a bunch of different coaches I could, you know, shout out, but I think, um, first off, you know, just my parents in, in general, um, you know, my parents, I wouldn't be here without them. I think, um, it's a little bit different because they, they, uh, they grew up and they had to work and pay for college and work during high school. So not a very sporty background. Um, so, you know, growing up, you know, they didn't, know the most about baseball or about any sport that I played. So they were just always super supportive and super helpful. And, you know, um, whether or not they knew a lot, they were always, they're always there to support and there to, you know, give me whatever I needed to help me succeed. 
So those would be the two most influential um, people to this day, um, for sure. And then, you know, just all the coaches I've had through, um, through the Canes, through travel ball, um, you know, they all, they all, my high school coach, um, Todd Fitzgerald, you know, he's, he's one of the most important people in, you know, in my life. And, um, he's been, I've been with him since I was, you know, 12 years old. So he's definitely one of them. He's definitely up there. Um, he's an, he's an amazing human being. Um, he's done so much for so many different people. Um, but you know, there's a lot of guys that I could, that I could shout out, but all, you know, all the coaches that I played for in the summer and all the Kings guys, those guys have been amazing to me. Um, you know, Dan, Patty, all, all the coaches that I was with, um, yeah, they do so much for you. They go the extra mile. So I think, you know, you could, you could, you could give a million different names out. Um, but for me, it was, it was definitely a most, my parents obviously. And then, um, you know, some other coaches I've had, my high school coach, like I said, coach Fitzgerald is a huge one. Um, and then just, you know, a million different guys that I've worked with and hit with. I think, you know, you can thank a million different people. Um, but that, that, that would be it for me. Okay. So last segment here, let's move into the, the more personal side of things. I call this the rapid fire. Got five questions here for you. So beyond that game of baseball, maybe you, so beyond that game of baseball, you know, what are some of those passions that you got, you know, maybe you need to go, you know, keep, take your mind off of some things, cope with some stress, just get your mind away from baseball. What are some of those other things you enjoy doing? Yeah, I've always liked to, uh, I've always liked to work out. I've always liked to lift, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, taking your mind off something for me, whenever I've, whenever I'm able to lift, you know, you kind of leave everything outside the door. And once you get into the gym, it's like, it's a breath of fresh air because you just, you know, I enjoy lifting. Um, so I would say lifting, you know, I like to fish, I like to deep sea fish, um, when I'm home, but, you know, hanging out with friends, golfing, um, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things I like to do. Like just always love to play sports. Uh, um, you know, now I gotta be a little bit more careful with it in the off season. Cause there's a lot more at risk, but, um, yeah, you know, just, I've always been a sports guy. I've always liked to play sports. Um, you know, like I said, getting to the gym, golfing, hanging out with my friends, uh, hanging out with teammates. That's, that's what I would say for me is the way to you know, get my mind off of what's the field, you know? Okay. So you mentioned deep sea fishing there. What is your best deep sea fishing memory or just story that you got? It's the first time I've kind of, you know, talked to somebody who's gone deep sea fishing. What is, what are some of those stories you got from that? Yeah. Um, I would have to say probably like during around COVID ish. Yeah. Right around COVID was when I probably did it the most. Um, and you know, I would have to say the best memories are, you know, I don't know if I have one in, in particular, but just any day you catch a big fish, you catch a big, big dolphin. It's a great day. Um, that's a lot of food and, you know, it's, um, but I mean, just being out there, uh, I've always loved the ocean. Uh, I love to get out there and, uh, I would probably say just any time that we've caught any sort of big, big dolphin, um, has been, has been a great day. Yeah. You say lots of food. So when you guys are deep sea fishing, you guys, you know, are hunting to eat, like you guys eat that, that sea fish that you guys catch. Yeah. You know, if it's, if it's big enough, you know, it tastes better when you catch it. So I, I, us, yeah. I, I guess that, that's yeah, a good mindset to have. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
no, yeah, if you're if you're lucky enough to catch one big enough to to send all your all your boys home with food, then you know, absolutely. Okay, so what's dolphin meat taste like? Um, it's it, it, it tastes a lot better when you catch it, but um, you know, it's 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 good. It's kind of like a chicken, but it's it's a little bit different, a little bit fishier. Um, I don't know if you're a big fish guy, but um you know it's 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 really good and like i said it's a lot better when, when you catch it okay well i guess next time i go down to florida i'm gonna have to go you know find some dolphin meat and and, and go see what that kind of tastes like but on the motivation side of yeah, things yeah i'm, I'm kind of excited but you know on the motivation side of things you know what is it that helps you get out of bed every morning just continuously evolve you know as a ball player as a person just what are some of those just internal motivations that you have yeah, I think um, for me, it's just always been like, you know, I don't really have anyone to prove anything to. I've never, you know, been that guy. For, but for me, it's just like, this has been a dream of mine ever since I could, you know, remember walking. Um, I've always wanted to be a pro baseball player. So just uh, just knowing that each and every day I'm, I have a chance of being closer to my, my dream, uh, which is to be, you know, a big leaguer. Um I think that helps me get out of bed and to prove it to myself more than anyone. You know, like I said, I don't have anyone I go out there and I'm trying to prove anything to. So for me, it's just like I'm trying to prove it to myself and, you know, it's, I'm super self-motivated and uh, I think just, you know, that goal of like being a kid, even when like last year when I was in high school or, you know, whatever it is, however, whatever age you're at, just knowing that the goal is, you know, at the end of the day to be a big leaguer and to, to leave an impact on the game and, on, you know, kids that are, you know, my, once my age, they're looking at big leaguers and you know, looking up to those guys. So I think that's just, you know, knowing that every day when you wake up, you know, you can be a step closer, um, super motivating, especially now that, you know, I'm in an organization where that's possible um, sooner or later. So, uh, I think that's just the most motivating thing is, is you, know, you get up every day and you have a chance to get better in, in some aspect of the game and you have a chance to get closer to the big leagues. Yeah. So as you keep getting closer and closer to those big leagues, I know you're, you're 18 years old right now, but looking forward 20 years down the road, you know, in your upper, thir upper 30s, what is that perfect picture of your life in 20 years from now? Everything's going right. You keep getting better. What does that perfect picture look like? I think it's just um, as of right now, you know, I just want to get there as, as quick as I can and, and help, you know, this organization win a World Series um, and, and, you know, play a part in that and, uh, you know, leave an impact on and off the field, you know, with like I, like I was saying, you know, be a be a role model of kids that are, you know, the age that I was, you know, once looking at those big leaguers like, wow, I want to, you know, I want to be like that guy. Um just leaving an impact, you know, on and off the field and, and trying to help trying to help an organization, trying to help this organization win the World Series. I think that's uh that's a goal for me. And then, you know, just just have a great long career and eventually be a Hall of Famer uh, is the goal. Um but I think like I said, I'm just trying to trying to inspire others and inspire, you know, young kids and, and be an example on and off the field. Okay. All right. So Final two questions here. I'll just ask them back to back. Question number one, 
What's your go-to playlist? You know, maybe whether that's pregame, whether that's you jamming out in the car, that go-to playlist. And then the final question, dream endorsement deal. Any brand, you know, in the world, in the country, whatever, what would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, partner with, whatever happens to be, what would be that dream brand? Yeah, so the first question, um, I actually don't really have a set playlist, to be honest. It's more of just like, I go with the flow, I go with what's hot. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm a little bit of bandwagon, but I think, you know, whatever's whatever's hot at the time and whatever I like at the time. Um, and, you know, I'm mixing some throwbacks here and there, but usually it, it changes. I don't have a, I'm not one of those guys that has a certain song I have to listen to or certain playlists of songs. It's just, you know, whatever I'm feeling at that time is, is usually what I roll with. Um, and then to the endorsement deal, um, it's a good question. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different cool things nowadays. Um, and I haven't really even thought that far. Um, it's a great question. Um, and I don't know if I have an answer to that, but, uh, Hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get back to you on that in a couple of years and, and hopefully I'll be able to, you know, get some big deals coming up. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know right now. I don't know if I have the answer to that right now. Okay. Well, hopefully here in a couple of years, maybe I'm driving. I see a billboard with Roman Anthony, whether that's Nike, Bruce Bolt, Rawlings, whatever. Hopefully, you know, I see that billboard there in Boston here in a couple of years. But, uh, but no, man, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but no, man, that, that's the final question here on the Jake Hare podcast. You know, super appreciative of you coming on the show. I know you busy time of year right now, right before you guys find out where you're going to, to start to start that regular season. So thanks for coming on the show. And as this season gets rolling, just just best of luck, man. And I'll be following your career here from now on. So best of luck this season. Best of luck the rest of your career. You know, go win those Red Sox a couple more World Series. Go play at Fenway here in a couple of years. Hopefully I'll go and go watch you play ball. But no, man, just like I said, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you.